0: How did, how did? Why did
1: it take so long to get to this point? Yeah, I think that uh, University President Dr. Michael Crow has been very overcautious in this whole process. Uh, it's no secret that uh, he is a big Pac-12 proponent, and I really think ultimately really was for to to his detriment because it really was a conference that did not have much hope for the future. I mean, after those LA schools departed, when you're trying to negotiate a new media rights deal under those circumstances, losing the number one media market in the country, it really is an uphill battle. And I am not uh, under any illusion that the new commissioner, uh, George Kilakov, inherited an absolute mess from Larry Scott, who really just drove this conference uh, into the ground. But uh, nonetheless, uh, he had more than a year to really try to get uh, some kind of media rights deal. Um, It did not happen. I think uh, everybody, including uh, even Colorado and and Arizona, who for all purposes already out of the conference, uh, did uh, wait patiently. And when they realized that there was not going to be a media deal anywhere close to that of the Big 12, uh, Colorado obviously took action. Arizona is pretty much one foot and a half um, out of the door with an announcement expected to come tomorrow, Saturday, and Arizona State and Utah, um, as uh, we just discussed a second ago, did uh, Friday afternoon, formally apply to the Big 12. The Big 12 uh, leadership is going to meet uh, tonight, and uh, they're expected to be approved as uh, the last schools uh, joining that Power 5 conference.
0: I understand, I guess, why Crow was overly cautious, as you put it, in the buildup kind of to the recent events i don't agree with why he can't seem to see the writing on the wall recently and why he's seems to be dragging his feet at the abor meetings and and everywhere else do you have any insight as to why outside of just this weird tie of i love the pack 12 and formerly larry scott i think that the sentiment that I'm getting
1: from people that are familiar with uh, this uh, topic is that uh, Michael Crow really did not want the perception of being dragged into the uh, Big 12 by Arizona, really being influenced by his uh, in-state rival uh, to, to have uh, the, same, the, the same course of action. I also heard a theory that uh, Michael Crow... Basically knew that Oregon and Washington were definitely Big Ten bound, and he rather have them be the quote unquote bad guys and have them really break up the conference than actually him doing it. Uh, You know, you know, you you and I uh, know very well that he absolutely, for whatever maddening reason, blindly supported former commissioner Larry Scott until the very last day, and it is just a laundry list of one mistake after another, after another, Larry Scott committed and really brought the Pac-12 to to where it's at right now. So I think uh, perception is very important to somebody like uh, Michael Crow. And unfortunately, he used that uh, trait, if you will, in uh, a very... an unhealthy matter, uh, in, in, in my opinion. Obviously, the fan base is raging. And I know a lot of times people talk about the Twitter mob being just a vocal minority and it's not reflective of the, the true fan base. Well, let me tell you, uh, this is maybe one rare exception where all the anger, all the vitriol that you see online, that I see on my message board, is definitely reflective of a very frustrated fan base that does not real, does not understand, I'm sorry, why Arizona State cannot be as proactive as Arizona, knowing that there's no future for the Pac-12, this is going to cease to be a Power 5 conference in a matter of days right now, why you're hanging to some kind of dream, some kind of illusion that that something was going to change. Again, there's different theories on on why why that took place, but uh, I uh, definitely don't see any rhyme or reason to even take that course of action, especially in this day and age where every action or inaction that you take is absolutely amplified and you have really nowhere to run, nowhere to hide uh, if you're trying to conceal uh, any of your thinking and of your maneuvers in this
0: case. That's what was so crazy is that everybody could see that the Pac-12 was dead and gone. And yet the the people that are in charge and making these decisions are the only ones that don't seem to see the writing on the wall or are the last ones to react to anything. And I just... Uh, you know, a year ago when USC and UCLA bolted to the Big Ten, it it became clear, I think, to most that there was really only room for one between the Pac-12 and the Big 12, right? And the Big 12 was proactive. Maybe they had a head start with Texas and Oklahoma at least wrapping their heads around it. But the Pac-12 has been so reactionary every step of the way. And then to come up with an Apple streaming deal for a watered-down Pac-whatever, like it's my, my mind is blown just at the ineptitude of all of these people that are making a ton of money to make these kinds of decisions and yet they're the ones that don't seem to see what is truly going on sorry I know that's not a question it's just a monologue but yeah no no but, I'd yeah. like to vent, I'd like to vent <laughs> as well
1: <laughs> yeah no I mean absolutely right everything is a is is on the money I mean I I can't even dispute an iota of uh well your, your monologue right now I think there's definitely some kind of elitist element, in a way, where hey, you know, if I'm the same conference as Stanford and Cal and Washington, which are obviously top academic schools, not only in the West Coast but in the entire country, then these are the these are the folks I want to rub elbows with, and, and sure, there is probably some uh, some looking down um, at the at the Big Twelve, and it is really is ironic because I think if you told anybody. Three years ago, okay, Texas and Oklahoma are leaving the Big 12, but Cincinnati, UCF are are going to join the Big 12 before some schools from the Pac 12. This is no disrespect of those programs. I think people say it absolutely nuts. I mean, schools like UCF and Cincinnati should be afterthoughts of, of, of joining uh, the Big 12. Maybe even a school like BYU, but um, I just think that the Pac 12 was just really trying to hang on to that dream. They were just way too comfortable in in their surroundings and were just uh, basically like Don Quixote, just uh, out there fighting windmills. Uh, you know, it was just not going to happen. And I guess Colorado was was finally the wake-up call as one school that did not want to be patient anymore. And and it's, it's a joke that people were calling Colorado a haste in their action, that, oh, you didn't even wait to see a media rights deal to know what kind of uh, financial figures we're talking about. And the watered-down... Uh, finance uh, media deal that was proposed by Apple TV. calling, the most important thing to remember is not only somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 million dollars less than the Big 12, it had uh, was also tied into subscri- subscription level services by Apple TV. So, in other words, if not enough people are buying the product, guess what? You know, instead of maybe getting now 24, 25 million, you're you'll be lucky to getting 20, 21 million. And we know that the passion for Pac 12 sports, whether it's football, whether it's basketball is just lower in our neck of the woods compared to the Midwest, definitely compared to the South and the East Coast. So when you have not only a deal that dollars and cents wise was not going to be as good as as the Big 12, but now you have really ratings and subscription levels tied into, that's just a bad, bad deal. And uh, yeah, you're right. Why even think twice about that when you go to the Big 12 And even though you might be the worst TV ratings team in that conference, guess what? You're still getting 31, 32, uh, $32 million a year per team.
0: Yeah. It's shocking when, even if Oregon had stayed in the, in the PAC 12, you know, you had lost USC, which is your best football Mm -hmm. brand. And one of the biggest, if not the biggest catalyst for your subscriptions, at least nationally, I mean, who's, who's paying for a, for a subscription service to watch. I, I love Pac-12 After Dark. Don't get me wrong, but like it's one thing to flip on ESPN. It's another thing to be paying to watch Cal and Oregon State bludgeon each other at 1 a.m. Like it's, <laughs> I just don't, <laughs> it, it's crazy to me. So let me, uh, oh, I just muted, sorry. That's okay. There. Um, so when it comes to the new landscape and obviously things are, who knows three, four five years from now, what this is all going to look like. That's, I think what's kind of, irrelevant about all of this stuff is this isn't going to last either um but when you look at these teams now going to to the big 12 obviously you know colorado you brought up has everyone can make fun of their record in the Pac 12 it was abysmal but they've got the history and the tradition at least of being in the big 12 that makes sense utah's a good football program uva's got basketball asu they're the top media market that's going into the big 12 as a whole right now uh outside of that though i mean how do you how do you see their fit with the understanding hode that obviously this was a decision that had to be made and it was about survival not idealistic scenarios but how do you see the sun devils in the big 12 yeah
1: i mean i really think that they really have to uh, fit uh in, into the new surroundings like you said they really don't have uh, any um other option whatsoever you know i mean texas oklahoma Oklahoma being you know literally the southwest and arizona the state of arizona i'm sorry being in the state of this uh being in the southwest too i mean i think you have some some geographical uh similarities over there i mean sure you got cincinnati uh west virginia and uh, university of central florida and orlando that are really the outliers over there but i don't think they're uh closer in, you know, culture or any other element to the Texas and Oklahoma and Kansas schools uh, than they would be to schools in Arizona or, or Utah, Colorado. Uh, I, I know that uh, when it comes to a, a recruiting uh, element, uh, Arizona State, as you know, has done very well, whether it's through the transfer portal or whether it's through uh, the high school and junior college ranks, have done very well recruiting the state of Texas, especially uh, with uh, the two assistant coaches that are absolutely uh, mavens in, in that area and Brian Carrington and Rashad Samples. So I think uh, that's uh, definitely uh, one aspect that uh, d- does appeal to Arizona State quite a bit. I think it's a school that always wanted to recruit the state of Texas uh, uh, you know, quite a bit. And now uh, they'll be, quote unquote, forced to do so even, even at a higher level. But I think that's a proposition that, them, that they would accept. You know, when, when you look at the sports, I mean, uh, football wise, I don't see why Arizona State uh, is destined to be less successful in the big 12 com- uh, compared to the PAC12, even just take an average of 5, 10, 15 years. Basketball could be a whole different story because I, I don't think I'll be in the minority if I said that the Big 12 is probably the strongest uh, uh, conference uh, when, it, when it comes to basketball. And if Arizona State was in the middle of the pack uh, in, in the PAC 12 in the sport of basketball, I don't think that's really going to change going to the Big 12. Maybe uh, they uh, can prevent from being a low-tier program, and I think that's a valid uh, assertion to make. But as far as being an upper-tier program in the Big 12, I mean, wow, you're really going to have to improve uh, quite a bit com- uh, compared to what you've done in the last few seasons. But I think uh, you know teams like UCF, like UCF and BYU can, can probably uh, – you know, say they're in the same boat as well. But overall, I think I think it's going to be a good fit. Uh, you know, one interesting aspect that I did tweet out a few days ago, and I uh, can't take credit for that because one of my customers actually uh, did the legwork. He said that if you're just looking at the average uh, mileage distance of the schools, and I was assuming that Oregon, Washington, Colorado, and Arizona are still part of the Pac-12. When you compare that to the schools right now uh, in um, in the Big 12, it really was on average just uh, 300 miles uh, Uh, further away. In other words, that's one extra hour of uh, flight time on average. So um, really, I think, uh, you know, from from that uh, standpoint, uh, you know, maybe the travel expenses that are something you definitely have to think about when you go to a new conference, because even though you're going to have more revenue, guess what? Those travel expenses, not so much for football, but for basketball, for Olympic sports, is definitely going to be uh, an an area that that you really have to account for from a cost-benefit analysis. But even that doesn't appear to be uh, a financial burden that's really going to hit our Arizona state for years and years to come. So, you know, all, all, in all, like I said, Arizona state was forced to go to the big 12 uh, no matter uh, how many miles it covers. It really is almost a coast to coast conference, which uh, seems to be really just uh, all the rage right now when it comes to power five conferences or what's left of them. But I, I think just, you know, co- culturally and just having a common de- denominators, with other schools. I think Arizona State is definitely a much better fit in the Big 12 compared to any other power conference out there.
0: Let me ask you what your understanding is of, of the AWAR process. And I I know it's a moot point now that ASU and Utah have filed for uh, acceptance in, into the Big 12, but if Michael Crow was continuing to drag his feet and U of A's clearly wanted to go for some time now, uh. What was ABOR's power to force ASU's hands um, or prevent U of A from, from doing anything if, if they wanted to go? Do you know how that would have shaken out? Yeah,
1: ABOR is definitely a body that Michael Crow and Robert Robbins, the president of Arizona for that matter, have to answer to. That is not a body you can dismiss. That is not a body that you can just, uh, you know, kick, kick the can down the road and get back to them uh, whenever you're good and ready. So, uh, ABOR can uh, definitely uh, take action against Michael Crow. They, they can even, you know, go and uh, you know, fire him for the dereliction of duty. And granted, I know I'm talking about a very, very extreme case of that happening. But, uh, but nonetheless, I, I think Michael Crow is smart enough to know that the Arizona Board of Regents is one body that he really can't mess around uh, too much and, and too long. So there were there were definitely some tools that that, that ABOR they were had had at his disposal, and. Ultimately, Abra wants the best for its in-state schools, and for Arizona State to be part of a dying Pac-12 conference, or whatever, whatever left it, would be an enhanced Mountain West uh, conference. You're going to see financial losses just accumulate hand and hand over fist. That's going to cause people to, best case scenario, have a salary reduction; worst case scenario, just being being laid off because now your revenue streams are taking hits of tens of millions of dollars per year. So, uh, you know, those are areas that uh, ABOR uh, is not gonna look the the other way at. They're not gonna be intimidated by Michael Crow and and what he wants to do. So, you know, long long answer to a simple question, ABOR definitely had a lot of tools at at his disposal to to big Michael Crow uh, in line. But as you said at the beginning of your question, thankfully, it really is a moot point and Michael Crow is not delaying the inevitable in Arizona State just in the last hour or so has already started the process of uh, applying for membership of the big 12 too bad that the journey was way more complex and rockier than, than it was supposed to be. But uh, there is going to be a happy ending uh, some, uh, sometime around this weekend that Arizona state finally is going to join the big 12.
0: While we're still on Michael Crow for a second, you, you brought up the ego component and I wonder he's wielded so much power over the PAC 12 conference and, you know, his rubbing shoulders with Larry Scott for so many years. Do you think there's a part of him dragging his feet that's related to relinquishing the power that he had over, over the room of PAC 12 presidents that he's no longer going to have with big 12 presidents that don't care who Michael Crow is or what he's done over the last, however many years? 100%
1: 100% agree, Colin. When you just started that question, I knew exactly where we were going with it. And absolutely, that is an extremely valid point. His power when it comes to athletics will be diminished tenfold. And that might be even a kind description compared to what he had uh, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the Pac-12 where he definitely had the year of, of Larry Scott. He was one of the longer tenure uh, presidents in the Pac-12 to begin with. So absolutely, the level of power that he had uh, in the Pac-12 Uh, there's nothing even to compare to the lack of power that that he's he's going to experience in the big 12. And sure, if you wanted to, if you would would tell me that's part of the stubbornness, um, absolutely. Even though you have to realize, okay, so let's say up until, you know, three years ago when he had the LA school still in the PAC 12, sure. You had a lot of power, but the landscape has changed. And this is not me, me or you putting a spin on trying to explain and, great detail why the landscape has changed. I mean, is this really facts that are staring in the eye every day of the week? So sure, you wanna stay in a place that you're comfortable with, a place that you have uh, power in, but the Pac-12, ever since the LA schools left, have become more and more powerless. I and mean, in Colorado leaving uh, last week, that was really just uh, the beginning of a very vicious uh, uh, domino effect that now has caused the Pac-12 to have four teams left. Oregon State, Washington State, Cal and Stanford, who knows what happens with those uh, uh, four schools. But yeah, absolutely, there's definitely a loss of power. And uh, I don't know why Michael Crow was trying to hang on to that power until the very last moment when it was beyond evident that it's just not gonna be there, but definitely in the Big 12, he's gonna be much, much less of a factor. And honestly, Colin, I don't know if really the uh, powers to be in the Big 12 even though they'll be accepting Arizona state and Utah for that matter, by the way, I don't want to, you know, just put it all on how ASU conducted itself. Utah definitely has a lot of criticism uh, associated with that too. I, I kind of wonder how, how much uh, those presidents are really going to be welcoming to Utah and Arizona state compared to Arizona and Colorado that were practically salivating to join that conference and are definitely going to do so. Uh, when you look at the timeline ahead of Arizona state and Utah, it's uh Very, very unfortunate, but uh, Michael Cross, somebody who's definitely made his bet on this, uh, really for no apparent reason, but uh, the lack of power that he's going to experience in the Big 12, uh, it's going to be uh, very, very telling.
0: I agree that the Big 12 is going to kind of give them the cold shoulder. I'm curious though, because I don't think this is the end of realignment and and we could see it, like I said earlier, three, four or five years from now, once again. All is well that ends well, I guess, at this moment. But the way that this was conducted, um, you know, Michael Crow, Ray Anderson, for that matter, of what has gone on during his tenure. How much of the the optics of all this do you think will weigh in on on what their future is in Tempe? I mean, obviously, there the, are two names that you brought up—the Twitter mob. They they are very disliked for a long time now. But the optics of this on a national scale—what um, do you think that impact will be moving forward?
1: Yeah, I think that uh, Arizona State is maybe one of those schools that, from here on out, has to do everything right in the in the, in the, in the Big Twelve. Because you're right. You're right. The perception has been very, very poor uh, in, in a, on the national scale. I mean, you know, Oregon, Oregon and Washington, I'm not saying maybe they didn't act at warp speed to join the Big Ten, but but in comparison, they seem to be proactive. I mean, you heard about the rumors about Oregon and Washington uh, really having that wandering eye to uh, to the Big Ten. So just the fact that it's happening, you know, a week, a week and a half after Colorado left the Pac-12, I don't think it's something that you're really gonna hold against them. And then also Arizona, uh, it's a school that, uh, behind the scenes has always been perceived as the one that is absolutely willing to go to the Big 12 uh, uh, you know, sooner, sooner rather than later. So yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, if Arizona State is gonna be a school that is gonna continue to fumble uh, on different matters when it, when it comes to the conference, I think uh, they definitely have a uh, danger to be uh, a school that is gonna gain a really better reputation not only in their new home, the new conference, but but, but also nationwide. But uh, you know, when it comes to just the future of the Power Five co- uh, uh, conferences, which I think are really going to be Power Power Four in a matter of days now, um, I, I just I can't see Arizona State even five years down the road, you know, moving to an SEC or moving to an ACC or to the Big Ten. I think everybody is going to be pretty set at um, at where they're at. Uh, again, you're going to have schools like uh, Oregon State and Washington State, and maybe even the Bay Area schools that are just going to find themselves uh, standing in this musical chair games and never be part of a Power Four Conference ever again. Uh, that, that's, a, that's definitely something that could happen. But uh, for Arizona State, and they're lucky they're one of the biggest schools in the country. They're lucky they got a top 15 uh, media market in the nation. Uh, that, that is something that really saves their behind for lack of a better term, compared to a team like Oregon City, Washington State that absolutely has nothing to offer uh, in terms of the same elements that a school like Arizona State has to offer. So. Uh, ASU has to be very thankful that uh, they're in the position position that they are, but uh, I will, to your point, Colin, I I definitely think they should really hope that this is the last piece of drama when it comes to athletics administration uh, at, at, at Arizona State, because this definitely has not been a good look at all. I mean, for national reporters over the last 48, 72 hours to be questioning every other hour, what is Arizona State doing? Why are they hanging on to the Big 12? Uh, that, that is really definitely not a good look. If There's no social media. Heck, if there's no internet, sure, you can get away with that. But uh, to, to have that exposure of your bad decisions, uh, just be amplified on a national scale, uh, literally by the second uh, is, is definitely not a good look. So if you're an Arizona State fan, uh, you really hope that once you're in the Big 12, that you truly, truly turning the page and not associated with any other black marks to your
0: reputation. All right, last one for you, Hode. Uh, obviously, ESPN and Fox are the puppet masters of all of this that <laughs> have ruined college football. At least, in my opinion, but the college football that I knew and loved is no more. Um, so, where do you think it all of this, this age of realignment and everything else, leaves the fans, specifically ASU fans that you know are are on your message boards? Obviously, as we've discussed, Big Twelve was just a matter of survival. But where do you think this ultimately leaves them? Well, I
1: think that uh, maybe when they know they're in a more secure conference and and with pretty good competition, they'll be willing to shell out more money for the quote-unquote right to watch games. And we know all the pushback that Arizona State fans and really fans uh, throughout the Pac-12 had paying that subscription to the the Pac-12 network. It was a failing conference. They weren't too crazy about the network and everything that was involved with that. So they they really stood back and uh, tried to, let's say, uh, watch games in uh, unconventional uh, methods. But uh, I think that now that Arizona State is on the doorstep of of the Pac- of of the Big 12, uh, they... Will would we'll be willing to just spend more time and spend more money if there has to be a different tier of subscription for an ESPN or a Fox, for example. That's something that uh, is going to maybe be an easier pill to swallow rather than the uh, c- the current situation that they have right now with the last year uh, in in the Pac twelve. Um, you know, again, uh, again, I just think it's really just not only belief in your own program and your own school, but just belief in this conference. Is it really marching in the right direction? Is it really stable? What can it offer compared to other conferences out there? And um, I know the pac 12 unfortunately set the bar way, way low, but I think Arizona State fans, that goes the same to the Arizona, Colorado and Utah fans know that the big 12 is a conference that can offer a lot more, not only when it comes to a media rights deal, that's more lucrative, but just really just being in a place of stability and not being a team like Oregon State and Washington State that are really, thinking about what their future is going to look like a team like Cal, which we've heard rumors about them dropping sports altogether. You know, maybe Stanford has to go independent, but you're not in that boat. So just be thankful that you're part of a power five conference, like the big 12, where your future as much as long, as long as it can meet that future can meet the eye because you're right. The landscape seems to be changing all the time. At least you have a future that is stable and that is rosier than a lot of other schools that, w- that would love to switch places with you
0: right now. You excited for travel logistics to get to Lubbock, and <laughs> Ames, and Morgantown, et cetera? Well, look, I I, I was
1: in Stillwater just uh, last year covering Arizona State. You know, it was it was nice was staying in Oklahoma City, Orlando, UCF. That's not a bad place to be stuck at uh, when I was uh, covering uh, Arizona State in those. Uh, Never-ending games in Dayton in the first round of the NCAA. I always travel through Cincinnati, so I'm familiar with that. Uh, yeah, I think I think it would be just fun just to see you know d- different different sceneries. Uh, you know, not that I can complain ever complain about a trip to Seattle or the, or a trip to Los Angeles and you know Salt Lake City and Boulder are still there. Those are definitely uh, two two of my more favorite uh, road trips. Uh, yeah, I think it's something that uh, I, I I do personally look forward to. I'm not saying that I was felt like I was uh, stuck in a rut, but the Pac-12 is a conference has been stuck in a rut, so uh, I think that uh, fans, uh, maybe just like me the members, are going to enjoy just seeing uh, new locations. Uh, sure, there can be some challenging games in October and November. You know that uh, may may look may have uh, Corvallis and Seattle look like balmy destinations in uh, late fall, early winter. But uh, all in all, I th- I think it's going to be fun, and uh, I'm not even if I was really against the increased travel, I definitely see the bigger. Uh, picture over here as far as the good of Arizona State and the good of the conference so hey you know if it if I need to load up on a little more uh, winter clothes uh, so so be it (laughs)
0: okay I would appreciate the time man thank you thank you very much Colin all right